0: Like I wanted her to throw hands, you know what I mean? Like I was like, where's the punch? Where's the slap? Where's the yelling? Where is like everything? But no, she was like entirely focused on George was like understandable, but like I wanted violence in that moment. Yes, but
1: I think I was more so happy that he was no longer under his control. Yeah. You're like, eh, no, I needed to see blood. Yeah. Make his head roll, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Wrong queen, right. <laughs>
0: I'm Em. I'm Seth. And today we bring you part two of our uh, Queen Charlotte discussion. So episodes four to six will be discussed today. If you haven't uh, listened to part one yet, well, I mean, why are you here? But also, (laughs) please go ahead and do so so that you have all the episodes chronologically. Also, we might reference ourselves. So that's always good to have you know, the first episode in mind. Um, Also, always important to mention at the beginning of the episode that if you are not yet subscribed to our podcast, we would appreciate if you did. If you want to, obviously. If you don't, then that's fine. There are plenty of things that I listen to that I'm not subscribed to, (laughs) so I get it. But if you're considering it and you just haven't done it yet for whatever reason, please, take this moment and do that (laughs) or like hit the like button if you're listening to this on youtube how about you hit the like button yeah right why not it's free (laughs) so how do we we, do we just jump in or like do you have anything uh, hot and important that you want to discuss for us i I don't know
1: um okay so in my notes i think we missed um the present day for i think it was episode three unless i'm wrong um we have um an like the older queen charlotte who's basically sitting in the dark and then brimsley she has a conversation with Brimsley. Was it that episode? Episode three, where she asks, like, why are her kids unmarried or something?
0: Oh, I don't remember.
1: Um, anyways, so she asks why her kids never married. And he tells her it's because she's the king's sickness, because she's like basically frozen in time and her daughters did not want to leave her that way. Mm. And then so the exact words were you are still his queen, forever frozen, forever waiting. Your daughters cannot leave you here trapped in time. So I thought that was really important to mention.
0: Yes, but I actually remember watching that, that scene and not totally understanding it. So if you have, like, what is your interpretation of what they mean? Because I understand the words, but I'm not sure I understand the meaning. <laughs> so how, my
1: takeaway from that was basically, yeah. like, she's just wondering, like, how could she, like, she's had all these successful unions that she's created and she's, you know... You know, pursued for other people, but her own children aren't married. So I think when Brimsley told her that your kids are unmarried because you are frozen in time, and they see like what you're going through, I think it's more so like they don't want to leave her alone because Mm. despite her having you know their father King George, she doesn't actually have him. She would be alone without her children, is how I perceive that scene.
0: Okay, do you actually get that impression from her kids though?
1: I mean. We see them whenever Charlotte wants us to see them. So I don't I
0: don't know. I wonder what was the intent behind portraying them all of them really in a kind of comical light. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're all a bit of a mess. Like they don't they they chose people that didn't like necessarily look amazing either like well i mean they don't look bad but you know what i mean like they're just like they're they're even like the their haircuts their beards their like clothes sometimes the way that they hold themselves as people like it's kind of meant to be a bit comical so do you have any thoughts yeah. on that like why would they choose that
1: so for me at least how i watched it, and by the end of it um i guess i'll just talk about it now The way that I saw it is more so like they were kind of unkempt because of basically their life and really not having parents because they do remark upon like Charlotte never being their mother. She's been a great queen to them and not their mother. So they never Mm. had that person to care for them and take care of them. So I think that's why they were such a mess. And every single one of them were unhappy in some way because they never got the love from their parents. They got the love of the king and queen, but never their parents.
0: Hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think it does. That that the that the the queen was never really a mother to them. Like considering that you know, because it's not the same situation as say um, Lady Denbury, which <laughs> we discussed in part one. Um, her her distant relationship to her own kids is kind of explained by the relationship that's at the root of it which is between her and has- her husband yeah. which is not a relationship out of love or you know right. she didn't want these kids she didn't want this marriage she didn't want any of it so her relationship with the kids it's it's one that's like well I needed you as part of my duty I had you as part of my duty but I don't mother you yeah um, but the difference here is that this is a relationship of love however one could say that you know she never really voices the fact that she wants kids it's it's very much uh very much imposed on her because of her role as queen Mm -hmm. but you you know you get the impression that she kind of does grow to love this child the first one is she's like you know pregnant Yeah, yeah yeah so i wonder why the distance and like I don't know, because, like, I think of certain couples in my own life and, like, some of them I know were better partners than they were parents to their kids because they were so very much, like, the the couple was the priority in the family and not the kids, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, which yeah. does happen. So I don't know if it's if it's a case of that or, I don't know, like, I'm just trying to grapple with what happened to both of them as parents. And why did their kids in that situation end up not really having parents? And, like, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: Okay, so how I – like, I think it, it hit me on the head more so in the last episode. Like, you kind of realize why she was kind of like that. Um, and I just equated it to her just – focusing on George her whole life like everything was always about George from that point on when she decided that she was going to be with him and you know be his person to bring him back whenever he's in the heavens like she was that person and I think that took her like main priority like her children yes she loved them and I think she genuinely did love them but at that point I think George was always her priority and because Mm -hmm. of that her kids kind of fell through the cracks
0: I find that so frustrating though. No, of course. Because you had like 14 of them. You know what I mean? Like it's ex- like I don't know. Obviously, I I again, I know some people that are very much like this and the results of that and I just always find that extremely unfair to the kids in 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 situations like this that end up very much knowing that they are second which mm-hmm. like I'm not th- I'm not saying that like you have kids and suddenly like your whole world should revolve around them mm-hmm. but this is a specific kind of relationship where it's like you almost don't exist yeah you know in your pa- you have parents but your parents only see each other you know mm-hmm. T- this is that type of situation and like I find that to be a bit of um something that's very unfair to them and like Oh, of course. makes makes her more of like an quote unquote unlikable character, which again, she doesn't need to be likable. That I want to reiterate that like th- she's not she's not made to be a likable character. Yeah. I don't think, um, and that's okay. We need more unlikable women out there, um, because you know she's a very powerful woman, and that comes with needing to be the bad guy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is one trait that i i find difficult to i don't know like position myself on it's just yeah
1: no i like i agree with everything you're saying and i think for charlotte it wasn't that she didn't love her kids she thought that she was you know mo- like being a mother to her children but it like when I think it was Edward and his like wife, so Edward and Victoria, when they came and no, he was, it was like, uh,
0: her her eldest daughter with her eldest son. Yeah,
1: as spokes sp- spokespeople of the family. <laughs> that was so funny. But yeah, when they came and basically like slapped her in the face with like you know you've never been our mother. She kind of yeah. looked taken aback. Like I honestly genuinely feel like she loved them, but she didn't realize at her distance you know, spending all her time with George had created this big distance with
0: her children. Yeah, which does speak of a level of selfishness. Oh, of course. She didn't, even, she didn't even know that that's what she was doing. And, like, to the point where, if I remember correctly in that scene, she turns around to uh, Brimsley and basically asks him mm-hmm. to, like, validate her in her own delusion. Like, she doesn't yeah. want to hear the truth either she doesn't want to hear that she wasn't a mother
1: yeah and my question is like how much of a father was george to his kids too though because they never really mention him Probably or like not. they never have scenes with their dad
0: i was i was actually um sort of when we got towards the end of the season especially the last episode mm-hmm. i was kind of expecting there to be some kind of cute montage or whatnot It was just like a scene of seeing him with his kids but we literally never see him with his kids beyond that first scene where he's holding the baby
1: the baby because he was like after everything he was genuinely excited about this kid i don't know i kind of it's kind of a disservice to george as well because i kind of would have liked to see his good moments with his children even maybe his bad moments you know where he's mentally unwell like i think having that but unless and like they never have that relationship even in like in real life maybe they never did and maybe their father was never really part of their life yeah
0: i i guess that issue is just left more questions for me
1: yeah but i think it was to highlight like the selfishness of their not even selfishness of their love but just cementing i guess yeah it is selfish but like the fact that she was going to always be george's champion always going to be the one to pull him back and all that stuff yeah. And I think that's even, like, highlighted in her clothing as well. Because I remember in season one and two, like, I was just like, why is she dressed so differently than everyone else? Like, why is she, like, stuck in the 1700s? And, like, I, I kind of got the feeling it was because of George. Like, maybe she could possibly be, you know, keeping herself as similar to what she was when he knew her. Like, when they first mm. were together in, like, the 1700s clothes and, like, in the big
0: gowns, the big wigs. The big hair, basically. Well, for him, for his benefit, but probably also, you know, she's the queen of delusion. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's not just for him. It's also for herself, you know, in the sense of like not wanting to leave that that time in the past and wanting to stay firmly in that time where things were still happy or, you know as happy as could be at that time, because I that's imagine true. maybe things have gotten worse with the, with time. I don't know. Yeah, that could be it, too. Like,
1: that's really sad, though. Like, just her reliving the past and trying to stay in the past as much as she
0: can. I just feel like it was such a sad situation all around, even with the kids, everything. And despite having somewhat of a happy ending, it's not resolved. No, 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 no. And
1: I, like, I liked it in the sense where... Mental health, there's never, like, a pretty bow in real life. Like, it's never yeah. ever cured. You're never, like, completely, quote-unquote, normal, I guess, in the the world of Bridgerton, you know, how he mm-hmm. wanted to be a normal guy. Um, and I like that. I like that it's still, like, very much, like, he's still struggling. But at the same time, we know to the extent of how bad it was and how bad it got. Um, so that's the Bridgerton sweet- sweetness of it.
0: Speaking of, um, so starting with episode four holding the king basically mm-hmm. this is the episode where we go back in time all the way to episode one where episode one started um to the wedding day yes but in his perspective yes yeah, well even before the wedding day actually we see him being told that he will marry this woman yeah that is coming that she's already on the boat on her way to him
1: and he didn't want to get married i think we talked about this earlier in the
0: Previous episode, yeah, no, he 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 didn't want to marry her. He didn't know who she was, and yeah, so so it's a bunch of of flashbacks, but um, a, a general synopsis maybe. I don't know
1: uh sure okay so we have um flashbacks that like march said it starts prior to the wedding and george is very much frightened of the prospect of marriage because of his um mental health and his mental breakdowns that he suffers from and then they come across this dr monroe monroe i don't know i don't remember. I think it was monroe anyway so he suggests that um There's nothing wrong with him, that he needs to just be uh, disciplined and learn to submit. So they go through a lot of um, questionable treatments. Um, Girl. Yeah. Ice baths, shaving, like uh, trusting his life Uh, in the hands of this random
0: person. Waterboarding. Literal literal torture, burning with... uh, A hot iron? Yeah. I'm sorry. And it was
1: so it was to break him, to rebuild him. Like, uh, clearly back then, they had no rhyme or reason on how they treated someone with, you know, mental health issues. And poor George just did it all because, you know, he just saw Charlotte and he was just...
0: He was desperate for a way to be with her without the possibility of ever hurting her.
1: Yeah. And so Um, this episode kind of... I guess, answered the questions that viewers would have had, you know, about George. And um, that's basically the whole idea of this episode.
0: Tell me how, when this doctor is first introduced, like the very first scene, obviously not the subsequent scenes because we quickly realized what kind of man he is, but tell me why in that first scene, the, the things that he said, he really messed with my brain because the things that he said... When he, you know, kind of sold his own idea and his own, you know, treatments to the queen. An inflamed cerebellum is what he called it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know shit about medicine, but the way that he was like, oh, there's nothing wrong with him. He just needs to to talk. And I was like, oh, are we introducing therapy here? Great. That's exactly what I, I was like. Oh, my gosh. Therapy? This is great. Yes. Yes. He needs to talk it
1: through. Yes. Yeah.
0: And and I literally wrote a note that said, like, how do we feel about this doctor? Because I was like, his words I'm okay with. His face says villain. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, he just had he has that face that you're like, I can't trust this man. Yeah. I
1: the moment he walked onto that screen, I was like, "Mm
0: mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. But the words I was like, therapy is great. Yes, let's do that. And then
1: he kept talking and I was like, wait, 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 hold up.
0: Uh-huh. And then like he got really close and something about the way that they shot that moment where he's like looking into George's eyes mm-hmm. and like calming him down with words. I was like, is this some kind of um, what's it called the people that like hypnosis? Yeah. I was yeah. like, is this some kind of like hypnosis? Like, are we going with like I was like, what is going on? <laughs> And then, literally, like, the following scene, I was like, no, this guy is actually fucking awful, and we hate him, hate him, and we want him to to die, basically. Yeah. Can I just say this man, that man did not get what he deserved in the end.
1: I'm so mad. He
0: literally just got, like, a a slap on the wrist and, like, a goodbye. Yeah, they should have hung his ass. I don't know what they did in that time period, but...
1: To the gallows. (laughs) But it's, like, honestly... Do you think the doctor genuinely thought, like, his methods were working? I think he genuinely thought and whatever he was doing was going to work. I genuinely think he believed that. And back then, they had no science. They had nothing to back it up. This was building that science. So, of course, it wasn't working and nothing he was doing was ever going to work with George.
0: I don't know. There that was just something really creepy about him that just... Because, like, all the other doctors also had methods that had nothing to do with, like, and wouldn't, like, bleeding the patient or, like... Yeah, like, bloodletting. Yeah, like, like... None of that would have worked but but I I actually trust those doctors more because they they seemed more genuine even though they were mm, way Evie did not trust that doctor that wanted to do some bloodletting on St Vincent. Okay, but, but the different series different people. I I'm talking about the people in this scene. <laughs> the doctors that we see. The,
1: mm, I'm sorry. This
0: man, this man there was something dark and sinister about him yeah. and about his intentions here and I think he had, like, a big, uh, like, dominance complex of, like, wanting to break oh. and remake in his image type thing.
1: Make a king in his image, you think? Yeah. I also saw it maybe, like, maybe he has this prime specimen, like, the perfect person to be his his, his subject in the sense of, like, he finally has that person to do all the testing and test his theory out and everything.
0: And when he, when they said that he was... Her physician when she was pregnant I was like Mm-mm. take that man away from her I know I was like this baby what gonna the die? fuck is he gonna do to her <laughs> I was imagining all sorts of treatments for pregnancy and I was horrified at the thought yeah so so the scene in which we're introduced to his real nature I would say is the the day of the wedding Mm -hmm. when um so basically george hears that he's in some kind of um drawing room and he hears from uh brimsley who's talking to reynolds i think um that like the bride is missing and so that's what he hears and he starts sort of like panicking and he's he starts thinking like if if she's out i'm out and like he's like this is my time to like run away myself so he tries, and then he he actually stumbles upon his his lovely doctor, who notices that he's having sort of like a panic attack, um, and slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> that is right then and there the moment I went oh I was like you slapped the king in public, let alone slapping in him public? at all. I mean it worked, it, but
1: like <laughs> I guess it worked.
0: But like, was it necessary? Yeah. I don't but
1: anyways, that. we see the scene um by the wall again in his perspective, but it's right. the same scene.
0: Yeah. Uh, but
1: now we have, I guess, some back like background information to back up what's going on. But I think the scene that I really wanted to talk about. Unless you want to talk about this scene.
0: Well, uh, well, nothing except um maybe how did you feel about there being so many flashbacks like this like essentially reliving the entirety of the first episode like did did that bother you because i think it kind of bothered me oh really i loved it because i
1: felt like it gave us answers and it made me look at scenes a lot differently with this episode Mm. and i i liked them replaying the scenes because now i'm seeing it solely in his perspective whereas of course when we see it originally we just see it in charlotte's perspective and we're firmly on charlotte's side And now we kind of see both sides to the coin and we see what they're both struggling with.
0: Mm. I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of it in books. I'm not a fan of it in TV. I just don't like to revisit like this over and over again, the same scenes in a different... I mean, this is the whole reason why I don't like POV books. So like, okay. you know, when a book gets super popular and then they're like, oh, well, I'll rewrite the whole thing, but told from this perspective instead. Yeah. I don't want to be rereading the same thing, even though you're giving me, quote unquote, a whole new perspective on things. It just feels repetitive to me.
1: Um, I, feel like I, would really I would have preferred
0: I would have preferred for them to. Uh, introduce all of this from the first episode give us the back and forth of both their perspectives from the start I understand that they're like oh we wanted to go for like we don't know what's going on but the truth is we do know what's going on we 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 have seen him later on in life like this is not a surprise quote-unquote like you know we know this is going to happen so I just you know preferences in terms of like how to construct a story I would have preferred for them to introduce it from the bat instead of having us relive things constantly to just show us okay from the from the start this is what he's going through and for for us to know this as we're going through the episodes with both of them and knowing okay but this is why he's he's not able to Give himself over to you and to love because he has all of these things going on. You know what I mean?
1: Do you feel like it would have the same impact on you, though? Not like you're going in really not knowing It didn't have an
0: impact on me. That's what I'm telling you. Like, it just annoyed me. (laughs) That's interesting
1: because I think it made me really empathize with george in the sense where like if it happened at the beginning i would be like oh like this is sad but i was genuinely like really affected by what happened with george seeing Mm -hmm. it in episode four and seeing the scenes in his perspective and i think one of the scenes that really highlighted that was when um he was when charlotte had went back to him after um he left her at buckingham house or whatever And um, she comes to him, and then she's telling him, like, you've left me alone. Like, I have the whole thing here. So she tells him that I cannot do what I like. I have no friends. I'm utterly alone. So that scene, I was like, oh, my gosh, poor Charlotte. Like, she's actually suffering through this alone. And then it, like, watching it again in this episode, you're actually realizing that she's very much, like, talking about him, but in the sense where, like, she means, like, unlike him, she's thinking that he has, like, you know, friends. He's not alone. He can do whatever he likes, you know. She's telling him he's got rights and abilities that she doesn't, but in fact, like, it was, like, she's talking about him. Like, he doesn't have that. He doesn't, like, he lives in, like, this small bubble, and he, like, I just thought it was really sad seeing it from his perspective, because you know now that he doesn't have what she's implying.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's just not a device that I like when they do that. Well, it worked for me. Repetitive. I think the one scene, the one scene in all of that that actually got to me isn't even a scene from his POV. Well, it is from his POV, but it's not a scene about him. It's the one shot of her playing chess with herself. Yeah. That is the one moment that I actually felt bad for her. (laughs) Because I was like, wow, that is a lonely ass life if you're playing chess, which. Kudos to you if you play chess, period, but like (laughs) by
1: yourself? I don't even know. Like, did you even know they have actual plays and they have to learn the plays? I just thought it was like you just move the pieces. I'm sorry for the chess players that are listening. You just move the pieces, but apparently there are actual plays that you have to follow. Like, I don't know.
0: Girl, I don't know. Maybe it's just strategies, but not like actual.
1: Maybe it's strategies, but I think maybe you could play a regular game, right?
0: I, I don't think that there's, like, a, a dance to follow here. I think you play what you want to play, but you can follow a strategy. If you want. If you want. Fun fact. Okay. okay. I mean, I am not a chess pro, so feel feel free to uh, explain chess to us in the comments if you want.
1: Okay. Yes, please. Um, didn't you
0: watch The Queen's Gambler?
1: Or gambling I did. Or and I... That show was... Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I did not understand shit when she was moving the pieces. I was like, okay. I see it, like, on the Good board move. Me.
0: Good move. Know nothing
1: about... Yeah, it's great. Like, you keep going, girl. That was <laughs> literally me the this. whole show. <laughs> Anyways, um, back to this episode. I know you don't like it, but... What?
0: I mean, I didn't say I don't like it. I just said... It's not. It's not my fave. It's not my fave. Okay,
1: how did you feel about the scene? I don't really remember where it happens in the episode, um, but basically, he's having this moment where he, who was he talking to? I don't even. I think it was Reynolds. Anyway, so he's basically like calling himself the troll that she was worried about marrying. You know, like she was, she's worried that she's mm. marrying a troll or a monster, and he's basically referring to himself as like this troll. Like she didn't know that this is what she was getting, but she did get it. Um, and then in his yeah. words, um. He wanted to keep her far away from him and, you know, his deformity, quote-unquote.
0: How did you feel about that scene? How very apropos for this podcast, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Is that not every historical romance we read?
1: But I just thought it was so sad because this poor guy thinks he's this troll, this monster, this deformed being. Because of things that he cannot control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, like I said, we've read this a I million know. times over and we're very familiar with this. Um, but I I mean, I can't quite remember because, again, I, I as I said in part one, I only uh, watched the whole thing once this time around. I, t- I try always to watch it twice before recording, but didn't happen this time around. If I'm remembering correctly, in my memory, when I watched that scene, I did feel like he wasn't quite explaining it very well, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Like he he wasn't using words that I was like, now she'll get it. She'll get what he means. You know and I mean, no,
1: um, he didn't use any of these words for Charlotte. He literally is still closed off from her and just tells her to get out. Mm. So that's what we see. But then afterwards we see, I think it's Reynolds or the doctor. I don't really recall who it was that he was telling this all to. So he's unloading all of like his thoughts to someone else but not Charlotte. Mm. um, Because he's still trying to keep her at a distance. So this is before the doctor came back and he underwent treatments again. I say treatments lightly.
0: So again... Not even miscommunication, it's just no communication. He's just not even telling her why he's stepping away so much and distancing himself from her.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, but you understand why. Yeah. You're
0: like, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, once, twice, it's fine, but I feel like by this point, it's like the fifth time he does that. Or that one of them does that to the other. All right. So
1: what, did, what are... Whoa, whoa, I can't speak. What were your thoughts on seeing how he got the dog to give to Charlotte?
0: <laughs> the dog. Um. Well, when we saw the dog yeah. in the cage, I was like, is that the The, the actual mm-hmm. dog that he gives her? I was like, yeah, I what like in the world? You're going to like that is quite possibly the worst gift. <laughs> like, like at first I was like, oh, OK, it's it's a dog. You know, it's not the, my choice of dog personally, but, you know, it's, it's a dog. But when you actually hear about the story behind it, I was like, this just went from bad to worse somehow. <laughs> and he, he thought it was like in his brain. He reasoned this as, like, a great idea. He was like, from my cage to yours to prove that, like, we can break out of them and whatnot. And I was like, um, maybe write a letter next time. You
1: know what? (laughs) But at least that dog is free and not caged in that awful dungeon with that awful man. Of Of course. So it was a great gift. He released a sweet, sweet dog. And it caused Charlotte to breed other Pomeranians or whatever they're called.
0: Right. She still has a whole brood of them now, but she probably mothers them more than her own kids. Because George gave (laughs) it to her. But
1: I mean, I'm not like, you know, praising her mothering skills or whatever. I just feel like maybe there are people that were not meant to have children. You know what
0: I'm thinking about now? I'm thinking that like them as parents breed the kind of kids that we then read about in romance novels because they've had a fucked up (laughs) upbringing and they're just like fucked emotionally and now they don't know how to find love because their parents messed them up yeah
1: (laughs) but it's like in this case though it was not as their parents weren't loving towards each other they just weren't loving to them
0: no but you know like all the parents like literally all the romance heroes and heroines where it's like oh one of my parents died when I was young, and then my other parent never got over it. So like they yeah. totally like didn't parent me when they I needed them to. Like I mean, he's not dead, but like like I'm just now realizing that this is they've produced 14 of them.
1: <laughs> Wasn't is- it 15? But two died, so they have 13. I don't know. They had sex team. a lot, clearly. <laughs> you know what? Whatever rocks their boat. You know, yeah. she wanted to push out 15 children.
0: She did. How? I don't know. the no. question. How? I mean, she literally gave birth to one. And, like, the timeline is a little skewed in my brain. Like, I wasn't sure how many months have gone by between stuff. But, like, it kind of looked to me like she almost gave birth and then immediately got pregnant again. I was probably. Like, wow. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. Like, the last. Okay. Yeah. I think it probably was, a, like, a few months in between. And then she got pregnant. And then it happened again. And. Again, and again, and again, again, and again, and again, and again, yeah. And times 20. Anyways.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. My
1: God.
0: What else to highlight
1: from this episode? Well,
0: um, I I did point out, like, well, I mean, I had a bit of a reaction when, um, because, you know, he had kind of, like, given up on the doctor. Mm hmm and then at the end of this episode, he goes back to the doctor. And I was like, yes. no, don't go back to him. It's like you crawling back to that abusive ex that you just can't let it go. Because he
1: really thinks this doctor's going to help him. Yeah. And he thinks well, that beca- yeah. this doctor filled him with like, you know, you will be cured if you submit to me. But what triggers that? Like, what do you remember?
0: Uh, he hears her, right? He yeah. hears her talk to his mother no yes his mother because she she right am i yeah so mis- she goes back this? because she
1: realizes that there's like obviously so this is we're back to past uh, i guess post
0: <laughs> past present but pa- like
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're back to right after his um his mental what, what was going on oh he was in the the field calling to venus so this is post that He is, you know, he rested in bed or whatever. Um, And he is... So now she's like, what the hell's going on? So she goes to um, Princess Augusta. And then she says that she cannot leave everything for a man she doesn't know. She calls him a mad king. And George overhears that.
0: How did you feel about that? Like, her whole reaction to this?
1: Well, I remember her also mentioning, like, the knives have been dulled. The windows sealed shut. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as he moved in and then she just obviously had all these questions and she's still like a 17 year old girl like in a new place not really knowing anything and just finding out that your husband is a lot more complex than you initially thought and mm-hmm. she's dealing with all of this not really having a sounding board or anyone else to go to about it so of course she's frustrated like I don't think she meant anything by it or meant like he was less than or anything I think she just genuinely was like what the hell why didn't anyone tell me anything. What
0: about you? What do you think? Well, b- well, I mean the same. I think I think we want to look at this from a very current perspective and think like why she's so unsympathetic to him, but mm-hmm. at the same time if you do push pu- push yourself, if you do put yourself in her shoes, obviously she's been married against her will to What she calls half a husband, you know, like she did say that, so she didn't choose this. And obviously, this is not an easy life, it is not an easy partnership when you do have a partner that struggles with this kind of disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, so it has to be a choice, and it wasn't a choice for her. So, I do understand the frustration and just the anger at. Realizing that, like, they've put a lot on your shoulders that you didn't ask for, exactly, and now you're stuck there because it is the eighteen hundreds and divorce does not exist. So,
1: no, um, yeah, and then she has more questions than answers because no one's giving her any answers.
0: Like you said,
1: King George is very much broken in spirit by the end of this episode. Whoa, I'm losing
0: my yeah, voice. So he runs back with his tail between his legs. To the doctor.
1: Sadly, and then thus starts episode five.
0: Episode five, garden, <laughs> garden in bloom. Gardens, sorry. Gardens, bloom. Plural. 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 Um, um, Violet's garden is in bloom. Okay, quite, well, yes, uh, that is the specifically. Highlight.
1: Loved it. General <laughs> synopsis of the episode. Um, Princess Augusta learns that Charlotte is pregnant and she plans to move to Buckingham House, um, to be there, do whatever she wants, you know, to, because she is growing the king of England, you know, the future king of England. Charlotte's frustrated. She's not getting any answers like we mentioned. And she writes to her brother, Adolphus. Uh, Yeah. Whatever. Her brother, Adolphus. Um, and she asks to be taken home when he visits. Through that, we also get the what's going on with the the ton and the great experiment, and mm-hmm. we have Agatha, who we did not mention. Her old grandpa died, um, as he be fucking, and he.
0: Oh God, yeah. Sh- scene.
1: <laughs> so this leaves her with a without a husband, and mm-hmm. not knowing what happens, um, like matters of succession. What happens to people of color with that? Um, so we're dealing with that on one end. We're dealing with Charlotte, and then on the other end, we're dealing with George, who's undergoing intensive treatments. Um, and Agatha also starts a relationship with Lord Ledger, who we know is Violet's father. A lot of things happened in this one episode, and then in present day, yeah. like you said, Violet's garden's back in bloom.
0: Uh, so maybe starting with the whole. Uh, Violet's dad and Lady Danbury thing. Did did you see that coming um, at all? I knew something was up because I found Lord Ledger very
1: like charming, like even mm. with his own daughter. Like I found like his presence
0: was very like consuming.
1: Mm. So I feel like he got they- that
0: good dad energy about him. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you want to add a D and a Y at the end of that or? <laughs> I- literally going to but I was like no let's not
1: um but I felt like I kind of like saw echoes of Anthony in there
0: oh didn't you like didn't you feel a little bit um I could see it I I could see it I was kind of thinking more like Edmund you know how they say like oh women go after the men that remind them (laughs) I was kind of thinking like he's more of like an Edmund because Edmund was a great dad. And very supportive of both his 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 boys and his girls equally, and he mm-hmm. gave me that energy of like, you know, if she wants to do maths, she can do maths, and you know, why should women be restricted to Latin only? And you know, not have thoughts, which her mom is very against her right. having too many thoughts. So
1: Edmund, no, sorry, Anthony echoes his father Edmund, who echoes Violet's daddy, uh, Lord Ledger.
0: Sure, okay. The DNA does not quite cross over like that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. I mean, she had a great dad. It it, it it wouldn't be surprising for her to look for that in a partner, you know, in a husband. Right? Where are you going with this is my question. No, Nowhere. It's just, it's, I don't know. I'm not psychoanalyzing Violet okay. here. It's just, uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on Agatha and Lord Ledger? Came out of nowhere. I mean. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. And yeah, no, I wasn't either. Um, but I wasn't. I wasn't against it. Obviously, I liked oh. it. I was like, "Ooh, this is kind of scandalous." Especially <laughs> considering they're like great friends later in life, and I was like, "Violet definitely does not know this." She, mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, I was into it because, like you said, he's a great man, and Lady Danbury does deserve a soft, spoken good all-around charming gentlemanly men in her life after the pile of ash that she had as a husband (laughs) can i just say her and her um maid or
1: her late what what was her name again i don't know oh i don't remember but they were hilarious and the way that she had to pretend to um grieve her husband and like scream and cry like oh my gosh i was it was so funny
0: yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. I, I liked it. But it did feel perhaps a little tiny bit rushed because I, I was under the impression that they didn't even know each other prior to this whole TV show happening.
1: That's the thing. I don't I feel like Lord Ledger only sees um Agatha at her husband's funeral. And that's when he noticed her like that was the only
0: no at the ball. The, the ball, the, the the ball that they host, the first oh, ball of the right, season, right. I believe that's when they first meet. And but, they have a dance. Yes. So, like, they, they see each other there, and then they see each other at the funeral. Right. And then they see each other during that walk, and then suddenly they're, they, they, like, almost kiss, like, basically right then and there. So, I was like, woo, we're moving fast, unless, like, obviously we may be missing certain things here. I think...
1: They did them a disservice in the sense where I feel like they needed more time to establish mm-hmm. their relationship sure. because I feel like yeah their their chemistry was there, but it could only take them so far. I feel like yeah. them having like one or two walks um in the field was not like enough for me mm. um because i I was rooting for them, and obviously you know, rambling sorry
0: <laughs> is it did it did he call it rambling or something,
1: yeah, 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 they're rambles. And yeah, like I was saying, I feel like it was rushed and I would have liked to see them develop a bit more. So we felt that love that she had lost, you know, Mm. that she kept referring to.
0: So, you know how there's a book that uh, Julie Quinn and Shonda Rhimes wrote? Yeah. I wonder if it's actually this season in a book format Mm -hmm. and if perhaps that would provide more information and especially like just thinking back to part one and what I was saying about like for me the the editing sometimes making it a little bit jarring to watch and just like taking me out of it right those are the things that make me wonder if maybe I would like this whole story more in like a book format. Because maybe that would give them more time to explore all of those relationships and, like, actually being inside those characters' heads as they're going through the story maybe would help. Interesting.
1: I kind of am curious to read the book. Now knowing that, I forgot that there was a book and maybe, like you said, it could answer some of the questions that we had or maybe the pacing's mm. a bit different in the book, too.
0: Mm. Like, maybe you get more scenes between Lady Denbury and... and um the lord ledger i don't know
1: i saw that they cut a scene of older george and charlotte too like it was he was in his full like i guess he was dressed like you can tell it was a good day for him and they were in the conservatory and they were looking through like the telescope and they cut the scene like i'm so kind of really peeved that they cut it because we don't really see good moments with older king george
0: especially since it's six episodes so like you definitely had room
1: yeah, so I was a little peeved that they cut that, so what else did they cut that was really impactful or could have been impactful to the audience? And, like, especially
0: since, personally, I was kind of more interested in Le- Lady Danbury's story and storyline, I was kind of a bit bummed that her sort of romance arc felt a bit more rushed. Yeah. Even though I understand it's Queen Charlotte show, not Lady Danbury, but, of like... Course i was interested in that side of the story um it's the kind of angst that i gravitate towards more than
1: unless maybe they're not done with her story like maybe if they do a violet spin-off we'll might see her throughout it i don't
0: know what would be the point though because there would be no stakes in that because we know for a fact that violet doesn't find out until much later in life and if it's told from her pov then what is the point really of having that in the background if it's never gonna come to light you know what i mean
1: lady danbury becomes a part of her life in the sense where she becomes like a, not a chaperone but like i guess an older woman that she can go to i feel like that's that introduction with lord ledger violet and agatha maybe that opens the door for a connection in that sense in the past but through that, we still see the angst and maybe the I can't stay away from you drama with Agatha and Lord Ledger in the past. And then in the present, we see them try to move past finding out, like Violet finding out about Lady Danbury. I don't know.
0: Is the dad dead? Because Lady Danbury not dead. And he was uh, around her age. So I don't know. know if Violet's dad is still alive.
1: I wonder. That could be something they explore, too. I'm not opposed to it. I mean, in this case I know it is uh <coughs> cheating. But Oh, right. I didn't even think about that. You hate that. But his his wife is kind of like she's hey, she's not for my people meaning people of color. She can get gone. So.
0: Oh yeah, she can get gone gone. So I was okay. Cheat away. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, the brother is an ass again, is my next
1: note. Before we move on from, um, Agatha, I kind of oh, wanted to mention, fine. so this is where we find out in the episode, um, in the show. Actually, don't call so.
0: her Agatha. I'm always like, Who? Oh my gosh, fine. <laughs> Lady Danbury.
1: <laughs> she's not God. like, she's not like Did she have a name
0: prior to this? I don't think so. I don't think anyone's ever, like, in this, in this show, at one, um, at one point, um, violet calls her agatha and i was like you've never called her that in the past two seasons ever true i was so weirded out by that i was like you don't you do not have a name like what (laughs) what is this yeah i know it was a bit
1: jarring at first but now i got like i got used to calling young lady danbury agatha
0: but then say season three is playing you're watching it and like you don't think of her as agatha you think of her as lady Danbury. yeah
1: so that's my thing so when she's older i think of her lady as lady danbury because like that title has been established like that is her title i see um i don't know but it's fine okay lady danbury so this is the first time we find out that she was only three when she was betrothed to this old man and then she basically says that she was groomed for him yeah. Like, her favorite meals and colors were his. She was grown for him to be his perfect wife. She was raised for him. Like, she didn't know what her own personal favorite food was, what she liked to do, what her hobbies were. She knew n- knew nothing. She knew her favorite color was gold because that was his favorite color. And she didn't know how to be without him because her whole life has been with him and for mm-hmm. him. She was living her life for him. And, yeah, I thought that was just a really impactful scene.
0: Yeah, and I also think this is the kind of moment that does serve the purpose of, well, I mean, it serves many purposes, but, like, one of them is uh, actually backing up stuff from the original series Mm -hmm. in the sense of, like, it had me thinking about that one conversation that she has with Kate where she's, you know, when Kate is like, yeah. oh, I'm ready to put myself on the shelf and, like, never find love, I'm fine, I'm free, I'm, like, happy, whatever, whatever. Yeah, like, you did it. And, yeah, and and the, the, the sort of discussion that, that, that she has with Lady Denbury at that point, where, you know, Lady Denbury kind of says, like, no, I have done all of these things, and, like, you can't keep on living your life for someone else type thing, like, you can't keep Mm -hmm. living your life for your sister like you are a person and right now you may believe that you're happy as you are but you're not and when she's married off and with kids you're gonna find yourself alone and if you haven't lived fully then you'll never be happy with that you'll have regrets um so for me this explanation of like her upbringing and how she herself felt very much molded for someone else's benefit mm-hmm. helped me kind of put um, more meaning behind that scene, mm-hmm. I guess.
1: No, for sure. Her words. and it further cements why she never really pursued another marriage after this, too. No, oh, yeah, well, yeah. um, which we'll get into later. Um, sure. But um,
0: sorry, you were mentioning something about the brother being an ass again, and the king's mom too yes elaborate (laughs) um well I don't remember (laughs) oh I remember I remember for the mom though um Charlotte is getting her Her portrait portrait done yeah I have that in my notes too and she's Charlotte Charlotte sees the portrait and says she's like can you make my skin the actual tone that it is like make it darker darker And the queen like walks in, or she's already there. I don't know. At this point, she's living with she's them. She's not the queen. She's pregnant. She's not and, like, the she's... queen. She's Princess oh, sorry, Augusta. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, she's hovering all the time. She's like sucking the life out of everyone around her. Um, anyway, she sees the portrait, and she's like, "Actually, make it lighter." And I was livid. I was so like i was like
1: shocked i was in disbelief i was like this bitch really thinks she could like she could
0: do that Mm -hmm. and they did it right like her portrait is lighter than she her actual skin tone no i think the one that we see at the end is fine yeah i think so But I wonder if this might have been a sort of jab at the fact that like the real Queen Charlotte was rumored to potentially be a woman of color. And yet all of her portraits are, are like extremely pale, which, you know, it does happen, you know, like some people are lighter skinned than other people in their family and whatnot. So like it does happen. It's possible. But it's also possible that they totally fucking altered history to make her look lighter than she was yeah so i i I, like i was kind of wondering if they were kind of like referencing that maybe
1: i think that would be a a good little jab too because we really don't know what queen charlotte actually looks like we don't know we will never know yeah brother is an asshole because charlotte sends a letter to her brother because she's been cooped up in this house alone she's pregnant hasn't seen her husband she has no idea what's going on with him she sent him letters no response we know that he's being tortured again, um yeah. but anyways, Brimsley reads Charlotte's letter, and she know he knows sorry that she wants to leave, and she's sending this letter to her brother her brother comes, and brother tells
0: her she cannot leave. Why can't she leave M? uh because he made an alliance with the crown, and that offers protection to his land somewhere in Germany correct. <laughs> Okay. So what I, okay, so he said
1: um <laughs> that you can't go home because you are carrying the future king. If you run away, it'll be considered oh, right. treason because you're kidnapping yeah. the king. So basically, her body is just used as like an incubator for this king. She has no rights over her body, over what she does right. with her child. She gave up all rights to her child the moment she signed those papers to get married. So she cannot leave her. It'll be considered a crime. Right. I also
0: love that she's like I'm going to be roommates with Lady Danbury then. Yeah. (laughs) Literally just walks in with all of her suitcases, her clothes, everything. And she's like, I'm moving in.
1: How did you feel about that scene? So we have, yeah, Lady Danbury telling her, like, I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to talk to you as your subject. And that whole Mm. scene about, you know, at this point, we know that she had been giving information to Princess Augusta, but she was kind of hesitating at this point because she was friends with her. Um, But how did you feel in this moment? Because she could be caught in a crime harboring the queen, you know?
0: Right. Well, I think I like this moment because, as I said in part one, like I think this is kind of a new start where, you know, without saying it, she's more or less saying, I haven't been a friend to you, but I do want to start being a friend. And so... I think in that moment, it's like, well, as your subject, I'm committing treason to the Crown by harboring you in my house. But as your friend, I am helping you and I'm willing to help you. Right. Like, I think that ultimately that's what she's saying. She's like, I am willing to change my position here and view you as a friend and offer you a hand when you need one type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of how I saw it.
1: And also, I think we should mention... um,
0: Lady Danbury has been pretty good
1: with, like, not giving information away to Lady Augusta. And Lady right. Augusta's like, well, if you're not going to tell me anything, you're going to have to go to the king and queen yourself and tell them that you want this line secure for your children and then your children's children. like, you want to secure this lady Lord Danbury or whatever. Right. Um, and she hesitates because she knows that Charlotte is also going through things and she doesn't feel like it's her place to even go to the king or the queen mm-hmm. for this matter. I mean, obviously in episode six, we see that she does give in and start giving information again, but I think it was important to say that here she doesn't at this point, she's more so just putting her friendship first
0: But as you mentioned, um, I think Lady Denbury also realizes here that she risks losing everything and that this doesn't just involve her and her own family, that it involves everyone else Mm -hmm. that was also given a title that is now... Wondering, well, what happens? Is it passed on? Is this not a title that is passed on? And also, like realizing right. that her husband, uh, spent a lot of money to uphold a lifestyle that they did not have the funds right to, for to have, and so she's basically left with nothing if this title is not indeed passed on, and that she she can't keep it because now she doesn't have a house, she doesn't have a fortune which she thought she had, Mm -hmm. that she could fall back on. So she has nothing. So the stakes are pretty high for her and everyone else as well. And it all is on her shoulders at the end of the day. But she, as you said, can't quite bring it up with Charlotte or the king because they have their own thing going on. Exactly. It must have been a lot of pressure for
1: Lady Danbury too because like she is the first person, like you said, that's going through this Her husband had died, so she's the first person of color that, you know, is in this next stage and not really knowing what happens in this great experiment. Yeah. Um,
0: Is this the the moment, too, where she brings her son to see Princess Augusta? um, Is this the episode? I think so. I don't really have that in my notes, though. Because that scene gave me major flashbacks to her doing the same thing to baby Simon when he was little. Oh yeah, you know, like that speech that she gives him, like you're gonna walk strong, knowing that you are, you come from a family of warriors, yes. and blah blah blah, like basically the same thing that she she said to Simon, where she was like, you're gonna walk into the light. Um, so
1: yeah, yeah,
0: I I liked that. She's always like a kind of mentor figure, more so than. Yeah. Like- a mother figure.
1: I mean, like, I can see why this might cause... Not that I've seen it online, but I can see why this might cause some people to dislike Lady Danbury in the sense where, like, her allegiance is very much to herself first. Um, But, I mean, at the same time, like, you understand and, like, the pressure that she's under that Charlotte is not even thinking about because, again, she's a very one-track mind, and that being George and her own self.
0: I wouldn't say she's very much, like herself first someone who to me would be like herself first is like the queen okay so then what would you meaning call... like she sees george as like being a part of herself obviously yeah um but lady danbury strikes me as someone who actually is very much aware of everything that's going on around her and very much wants to see things happen in a certain way and is very proactive about that and very involved in all of that so like to me it's not so much a me first it's a I have uh, a voice and I have a position of power and I want to use it and if that means being somewhat selfish then so be it but I actually think that I can bring good from it if that makes sense like every time she uses her power it's because ultimately she's she believes in what she's working towards like she's very much a a goal-oriented woman Hmm. so i don't that doesn't make her an unlikable character to me no no i think you said it like really well (laughs) copy and paste that's right i agree they do have that really uh interesting scene though between uh, let me know if there was anything before that you want to just talk about but between pre- present day Violet and Lady Danbury and Lady Danbury telling Violet that um I wrote it down like we are the untold stories yeah I, I really that. liked same. that moment same um I, I wish I had like the whole paragraph of what she said but I only wrote down we are the untold stories but the gist of it was basically like We, as older women, are kind of effaced from society. We've passed our prime. We're, you know, mothers first. And now that our babies are out of the nest and, you know, procreating on their own, we're kind of forgotten, you know, like our desires as women are completely erased and not talked about, you know. And she was like, thank you for actually sharing with me who you are as a woman you know what i mean like she was like thank you for showing me the human side of you that you are a person first yeah and for opening up to her too because like you said it's
1: not something that they've talked about and even romance in general for the like this age group is not something that's ever talked about because it's not something that i guess is is a societal norm for sure
0: or a desirable trait like you know what I mean like it's like sure. who quote unquote who would want to read about that you know what I mean but it's like people would you know and, and it's important those stories are important and so those untold stories have to be told.
1: Yeah I don't know I found it really impactful because they I think having the scene really cements like I said I think I talked about it in our part one that like. These women are not just mothers, they're not just like, matri- like matriarchs. matriarchs. They're actual yeah. people and women and they yeah. have desires. And I loved that the scene was in there because we see their struggles and I thought it was really great.
0: And I, I think in a way that goes back to Lady Denbury's like the way that she imposes herself and her presence. I think that is very much her fighting back against the idea of just remaining, you know, at the back of the walls with the other older women, mm-hmm. not, you know, having a place in society or whatnot. Like, she's very present. Her her presence is felt <laughs> it, it, whenever she's in a scene, you know, whenever yeah. she's with a group of people, like, she's very much present. So, right. I don't know. To me, that is her sort of going against that and yeah. against the idea of not being acknowledged or, uh, viewed as, as the powerful woman that she is. Mm-hmm. So. And this scene, um, further cements,
1: um, of Violet's desire and for her to
0: <laughs> want to be garnered, <laughs> gardened. sorry, <laughs> want to be, yeah, her,
1: her need, uh, to be gardened. Um, and I love that it was, like, Not that they said it was okay to want another man, but, like, it's something along those lines. And, like, that concludes Violet's arc in this overall story, in a sense, of, like, you know, Mm. her garden in bloom. But now she's willing to pursue that and see who else can make this garden bloom and uh, fertilize it and do whatever needs to be done
0: Um, to her garden. I don't think that garden is getting fertilized anymore. I think she's past the time of
1: Fertilization. You
0: never know. I. How old do you think she is? I would say in her 50s. I mean, you said in her 40s, which like... I think 40s. Rare, but possible, question mark. But I don't know about that time period. I think at that time period, it's like the equivalent of being like 60. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Like nowadays, rare, but possible. But back then, you know, people died like way sooner.
1: All right. Maybe not fertilized. Maybe just uh, watered. Anyways... <laughs> We go back to the past. The episode ends with Charlotte going back to her household to claim her husband. Um, And she goes to see him at Q Palace and she sees a broken, broken George. He's despondent. He's not even looking at her. He's not even talking. He is like broken beyond repair. She pulls him out by telling them about their, their child, right? And she fires that stupid ass doctor. Yeah.
0: She brings him home. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish that scene had had more of like a dramatic impact. I, if okay, I feel like I, I did for me. I, I mean, again, I was waiting for her to be like, "Kill the dude! Let's go! Okay, yes. Let's do it!" Like. Yes on on the steps like let the let the let him bleed out like you know what i mean like i was waiting for more of like a oh my god like it's finally happening because like we know behind the scenes this man has been doing some pretty fucked up things to george and
1: we didn't even talk about reynolds like trying to stop it because he even goes against the king and he's like no this is too much now he actually goes to try and stop it but he's not strong enough.
0: Like I wanted her to throw hands. You know what I mean? Like I was like, where is the punch? Where's the slap? Where is the yelling? Where is like everything? But no, she was like entirely focused on George was like uh, understandable. But like I wanted violence in that moment. Yes, but I think I was
1: more so happy that he was no longer under his control. Yeah. You're like, eh, no, I needed to see blood. Yeah. Make his head roll. <laughs> That's what I
0: want to see. Wrong Wrong queen. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but we're we're happy he's out of, out of that situation yeah so are we doing episode six no we're not done oh what the hat thing comes back oh right sorry the hat thing yes 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 so basically we kind of figure out that so like the dad is let me make sense lady Danbury. Tells the dad that, the Lord Ledger, that her birthday's coming up. He doesn't know when. Daddy whatever, Ledger. Whatever. Yeah. Um. They, so, and he has this whole thing that he does for Violet. When it's her birthday, he makes her a little birthday hat, which really is a birthday crowd, but I don't know. Anyways. And... He makes He's making one for someone else, and Violet's like, who is that for, and can I help? And he's like, this for a friend, and like, no, this one I have to do by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we see Lady Denbury like, kind of frantically, well, not frantically, she wasn't frantic, but she was you know, she's she looking was, for something. She was ripping that house apart. Yeah, and she finds it in, you know, some box, um birthday crown that somebody made her. I know. And also, it kind of did shed a bit of light on her comments. Because, like, remember in the church... When um, Violet was talking about making birthday hats Mm -hmm. for Edmund, I wonder if it's the actual, like, actually the birthday hat comment that brought on those, like, bitter emotions from Lady Denbury in that moment because she was remembering Violet's dad. Oh. And the fact that she didn't have that. She, She, like, that for her was, like, had to end prematurely, even though... It could have been a great thing, but he was a married man. So. Right.
1: But then I just, I love how Lady Danbury in that same scene, or I think it was a few scenes after where she's like, I literally, my heart is filled with hate and need for revenge. So I'm literally right. making yeah. a like a, an orphanage in his name because he hated right. orphans.
0: Yeah. How do you hate orphans? I was just so confused. <laughs> I mean, there are some awful people out there. Um... Yeah, and actually this is when the queen moves in with Danbury. Um oh, and 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 fine this episode ends with Lady Danbury finally enjoying herself in the bedroom. Right. This is the moment. This is the moment. She, yes. she finally They
1: be fucking and the ceiling was triggering for her and she um mm,
0: she uh takes control. Yeah, and can I just say that man looked somewhat of an age, you know? above the neck but in that scene that shot with his body moving I was like that man has got a great body and a great ass I have to say so this is my thing
1: <laughs> as I was saying I watched this with my family and I had to look away because it was awkward I had my parents and I was like so anyways I didn't get to fully enjoy the scene I might go back who knows <laughs>
0: I mean I'll be honest I was surprised I was like oh the hips don't need a replacement yet do they I was expecting a bit of a dad bod which like nothing wrong with that no but but have you seen the actor he's like pretty on track well I don't know because I I, he's wearing so many clothes that's my thing like they made him look
1: more, I guess, distinguished or older in um, mm. the show,
0: but like in real life, he looks he pretty good. He has a great ass, I have to say. The muscles in his ass as he was moving was a sight. Ugh, gotta go back and rewatch it. You do that. <laughs> you do that, boo. Okay, I
1: probably will. I'm literally just
0: gonna rewatch all the sex. Which is fitting considering episode six is called Crown Jewels. <laughs> were they going for a pun or like is this supposed to be some kind of other because like you say crown jewels i only think of a man's testicles um the
1: same that man man's testicles it produced a child right like right
0: well that's what i'm thinking of sorry i don't know this is this is the dad that's him that's him (gasps) they should have kept the beard i'm feeling the beard right Okay, what the hell? I need to research this man now because he did not look like that. He looked like 20 years older than he does in that picture. How old is he in real life, though? I say like 57. One second. Please hold. Does he not have a Wikipedia? <laughs> does he page? not have a birthday? <laughs> is he secretly AI? <laughs> <gasps> hold on. I have his
1: IMDb. He has no information. Wow. Well
0: is this his first role what the hell what's going on
1: no he's been in a lot of stuff here it's like cure charles age let's see age he is not coming up okay he's a british <laughs> actor who received blah blah blah. blah. okay hurry up a the page <laughs> it just has years age how old as of 2023 years <laughs> what the hell I guess we don't know his age, but, yeah, I would say he's obviously, like, an, you know. Advanced age. Well, like, a, like, crazy advanced, but, like, I no. would say, I would say, yes, maybe, like, 57
0: to maybe early 60s. Like, comfortably sitting in his Silver Fox era. Yeah. And the like, beginning of it.
1: And sitting well. It. Um, He looks yeah. great.
0: Looks great wish he looked like that in the show then I, mm, I would have for yeah, sure not skipped that scene. That beard looks really good on him. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, crown jewels, I only think of, of a man's ding-a-dong. Um, so I don't <laughs> know what they were going for here. I mean, I understand that it's it also means you know, like the crown's tra- like um, treasured things.
1: Crown jewels. I mean, it could refer to, I mean, the children played a big part in this episode too. I mean...
0: Oh, like so, the Crown Jewels are the 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 kids.
1: Yeah. That's what oh, I... okay. Unless Crown Jewels is referring to
0: her, like she's his precious person. I don't know. I don't know. Because seeing a title like that, usually in Bridgerton, I'd be thinking like, we'd be fucking the whole episode. <laughs> 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 that's what I would be thinking. But no. Anyways, uh, Violet discovers the truth about her father's affair.
1: She does thoughts what were your thoughts on that how, how did you feel like it was
0: hand did you feel like it was handled well or um yeah i mean obviously the way that she discovers it is is um she's at danbury's house and she's in her drawing room and she notices like little figurines and she starts asking questions Dan- danbury is off retrieving a coat because i guess they're going to walk or something mm-hmm. i don't know promenading somewhere um and she notices something behind one of the figurines and she picks it up and realizes it's the birthday hat crown thing Mm -hmm. and that's when it starts clicking in her mind because of course the prior episode she had asked danbury like because danbury had said like oh i i gardened my garden very much so at some point after my husband died (laughs) and so violet had asked like were you ever in love like was there ever like a man that you know you were in love with and she said yeah well i mean she didn't really answer but she like nodded mm-hmm. um and so i guess violet puts the pieces together that perhaps the man that lady denbury had a love affair with might have been her dad
1: and throughout the present day bridgerton we try to see we not we don't try to see we do see her try <laughs> to um kind of get lady danbury to admit to it yeah um
0: in many ways but not in like a conniving no. uh, way you know like malicious way like she's i think she just wants to hear the truth probably because she herself has shared her truth with danbury and she wants to uh, hear the same from danbury um But, like, I I do like that when she actually confronts Danbury about it. Well, confronts. It's not a confrontation. It's just, like, actually both of them, without saying it, say it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they kind of just agree to let it be. And I like that. Yeah, I like
1: that it wasn't blown out to, like, this big thing where, like, their friendship is broken because, you know, this breaks their trust or whatever with each other. Um, So I like that it was just... It was talked about without being talked about. Right. Like, Violet got There was got no what need to wanted. make drama out of exactly. it. Exactly. Violet got the answer that she, um, you know, wanted confirmed. And Lady Danbury was able to, in a way, talk about a man that she's probably never talked about before. And she didn't even get to mention him by name or anything. But this was probably a secret she harbored for years and years and years and years.
0: Still no royal babies. <laughs> in, present, in present day, obviously. The Queen is desperate she marries off her sons two of her sons and they believe the eldest will be
1: able to talk their mother out of it because he is next in line to be king and they think his well his 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 word does mean more than queen charlotte at this point but he basically agrees with his mother okay so how
0: does royal babies and heirs work because So the guy that does, I believe his name is Edward, the, he, the one that ends up having a child or, you know, having a child on the way is not the eldest. Because we know the eldest was married, had a child on the way that died during the birth with the mother. Um, And so how does it work? Because now this baby is the heir because he's older. But, like, say if the oldest, the eldest of the family was to have another wife and another baby and that baby was alive, wouldn't that child become the heir? Because I was confused how it works. Dude, I don't know Um, because I...
1: I all I know is one of the sons marries Victoria, who I think becomes Queen
0: Victoria. Right, I was wondering about that too. Um, Have you googling? Yeah, but I think if I. Well, it's Edward. He marries Victoria. Yes. but he's not the eldest. So I was like, so does that guy become king? I think he dies or something. Like I
1: think he rules for. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know British history clearly. Something happens, but I know they end up like because it's
0: the victoria that then gives birth to an elizabeth because she's there's the whole thing about like she thinks it's a girl is that all right and then the the queen is like oh a queen would be great which gives birth to an elizabeth which then gives birth to another elizabeth which is the elizabeth that just died correct (laughs) yeah
1: r.i.p i I guess i'm sorry (laughs) it's it was like coronation day like five days ago i did not even tune in i was watching a coronation was i watching that one hell no i was watching king george i did not give two fucks about coronation day me either sorry if you're a royal um enthusiast i am not
0: yeah i mean we're canadians so (laughs) we are it's it's a it's that distant relative that you're like oh right all i know is our money is changing
1: apparently and (gasps) all is it and our passports. Sorry, this is random information for those who, that do not care. Our passports are changing. Yeah, they're not nice.
0: They're okay. Like, they're changing it. Why I think do we're... they have to change it though? I don't it's know. like just because she died doesn't mean she disappears. Like, what the hell? Why we don't need his face
1: on anything? We don't need his face on anything, especially my money. So I will be moving strictly to
0: just card only, no cash. <laughs> is she on that one hundred bill? Is that her, or is that is she on the twenty? I can't remember. Is this, she's on all of them? I'm so broke. I haven't seen money in so long. <laughs> I'm kidding. Is she on all? Think, no, she's not on no. Is she on the twenty? I think so. She's on the green one, right? I don't know. Whatever she's on, they're replacing with him. That's so weird because like everyone else is also dead. You're not replacing them with anybody with anybody else. I could not even tell you who are the people on the dollar bills. Like I don't I don't know any of the historical figures on her money. I only
1: know the loonies. You know, just the the bird, right? The, the one
0: with the the killer, the 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 kill, the murder chickens, right? Is that the ones with the murder chickens? The loonies, or the tunies? One of them has the murder chickens on them. Why am I not knowing Canadian? Kate, we have to remove this from her. I, our... I, we sound like we've never seen money. Our... <laughs> Can you please remove this from the episode? Thank you. Um. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, we have that scene between uh, Charlotte and the George. The love confession. Sorry. I believe so. I, I mean, really I wrote excited. down. I wrote down. I will stand with you. With you between. Oops, let me. Let I have me. the whole
1: thing. Are you ready?
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: So she comes in, guns ablazing. She's like, "What the hell? Like, what are you doing?" She's like, "I re like I came here because I realized that maybe you do love me, and you're pushing me away because of that." And then she tells him, is it because you believe that I could not love you? I do. I love you, George. I love you so much that I wish that I will do as you wish if you do not love me. Say you do not love me and I will go. But first you have to say that you do not love me. Um. Anyways, I totally disregarded everything. I did not say it in order. But um, she tells him that I will stand with you between the heavens and the earth. I will tell you where you are. Do you love me? And then she keeps saying that. And he is just like, he's just like trying to push her away. And he's like, I'm a madman. I'm a danger. In my mind, there are different worlds creeping in. The heavens and the earth collide. I do not know. Where- I see. I'm not reading this in order. Can I redo no, this? No, he says
0: that first. And yeah, then yeah Can I just she redo says, this whole thing? I will stand okay, with thanks. you. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we get yeah, it. We yeah, get yeah. it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, it. <laughs>
1: because it sounds better if I read it in
0: order. It's fine. People get it. People have seen it. Just
1: finish saying what he said. Okay, fine. And then he said, I do not know where I am. I do not wish. You do not wish a life with me. No one wishes that. And then he tells her finally that I I love you from the moment I saw you trying to go over the wall. I have loved you desperately. I cannot breathe when you're not near. I love you, Charlotte. My heart calls your name. I wanted to tell you. I wanted you to know.
0: I did like that confession. I did.
1: It was one of the best confessions ever
0: in anywhere yeah. yeah i do i do really like the, the the sentence i will stand with you between the heaven and the heart the earth
1: yeah i will tell
0: you where you and are and she like holds that so close to
1: her heart and she continues to do that even in present-day bridgerton mm. she has
0: like been his warrior his anchor really yeah and like his, his anchor his yeah. his venus the yeah. thing he's looking for that brings him back to to who he is and in, re- in reality i guess you would say yeah thought it was a great love confession i f-
1: i honestly find that shonda rhymes she writes a really good love confession
0: and for once it wasn't bothered, it bothered b- borrowed from anyone else <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> daphne simon mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah no i agree and i'm <laughs> literally agreeing with myself <laughs>
0: Well, that's a good thing. That's always nice. Guys, it was just a, a really good love confession, okay? Are you stuck between the heaven and the earth?
1: Honestly, when that was said and, like, her response and, like, like, she was so confident. And she kept pushing, like, do you love me? She's like, I don't care what you're saying. You're a madman. Do you love me? Like, do you yeah. love me? She walked into that room with that decision that she will stand by that man forever as long as he wanted her and he loved her. Like, there was no questions at that point. No matter what he was going through, she still saw him as an equal. Despite, like, what everyone else was telling him, he had to hide everything about himself. At that point, she saw him as an equal. She's, like, given up on getting answers because she knew that she loved him so much that that was it for her. And if he didn't want her, she said that she would move on with her life. She would, you know, live her life to the fullest that it could be if he did not love her.
0: Yeah. Also, remember that one moment where... Reynolds is like he tells George like maybe she's your perfect match actually yeah I think like in a way without diagnosing anyone I do feel like she's like her whole thing with delusion and being stuck in the past and wanting to be told or wanting other people to sort of play into her own delusions and keeping it up and um, I mean, she, she is well-suited in that regard. You know what I mean? Like, it's not healthy or normal. It's yes. a coping mechanism of her own. So I do feel like they are well-suited in that regard. Like, both of them very much creating worlds of their own where they can forever exist. I agree, but I feel like to a point
1: where, like, Charlotte was never grown and bred basically to be the next ruler or was she no it was always supposed to be like obviously her brother she was just like this spare um but in this case i feel like george used his mind because he always said that he hid anywhere that he could and then eventually he had to hide in his mind Mm. um because of you know everything that was going on for him and how like we talked about things before i think that he had to struggle with alone and i think it's a different coping mechanism but i feel like in the end they do kind of mention that like she must she must be mad you know want to be with me or something like that
0: i think he he like you said he hides in the stars from everything that you know troubles him but yeah i do think she hides in their love because in this episode i think it's in this episode anyway uh she asks reynolds if he's okay now or somebody asks reynolds and and she's like this is literally her and her delusions she's like now that he's with me he's okay now that he he only needs my love he'll be okay like she's literally convincing herself That he'll forever be okay from this point on. That all he needs is her and this love and that they'll be fine. So that's what I mean by, like, they're very much well-suited in that regard. Because she herself is also kind of hiding from everything and using that coping mechanism of, like, their love. Their love becomes her whole world to the point where, like we said earlier, everything else kind of falls into the background and is a little blurry. It's like he's the only thing and their love is the only thing because it's all she grabs onto Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's also further highlighted in the
1: scenes that we do get to see of older charlotte and older george um where the public is introduced like we have that scene with um edwinna and um it was Edwina. the fuck remember in season two Oh my God! Okay, we are in Bridgerton. Okay, yes. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry I wasn't Bridgerton. following you. Um, we yeah. have that scene where um, King George bursts into the room, and then we have a Charlotte that's very much like flustered, and she looks so disheartened. But I think it's like kind of like the outside world creeping in, like you said, into the world that she's created with her husband, like this mm. disillusionment or this fantasy world that she has with him. But now we have I- outsiders peering in, so I think we kind of see the cracks now and kind of understand
0: it a bit more but also now that you say that the way that she softens towards edwina because edwina does exactly what the queen wants which yes. is play into the delusion because what does edwina do she talks to the king saying like oh your bride is ready for for you like totally playing along which i think is what puts her in the good graces of the, the queen because yeah. that's what the queen asks of literally everyone in her life play in my delusion no i,
1: agreed. And I- I feel like it's not even that it puts her in her good graces. I feel like it kind of makes her appreciate Edwina in that sense because Edwina was able to recognize what was going on and like, like you said, play into the, the, the illusion. But at the same time, she was still able to help
0: King George in the way that Charlotte would have helped him. Uh, so Danbury and the Queen's brother, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, we can talk about them. Um. Um. <laughs> I was getting whiplash.
1: I don't know I was too. I was just confused. I was like, he would have been great, I guess, for her if we introduced him earlier on. Like, maybe the idea of them earlier on. But I just feel like it came out of left field. And while he would have been a good match for her, I kind of like that she was like, uh, peace out. I'm not marrying. Not marrying you, but I'm not marrying at all. Well, I actually don't think he would have
0: been a good match. You don't? Well, no, because later on when he basically like lays it all out and he's like telling her exactly how her life is going to be if she marries him she is kind of looking at everything she doesn't want he makes it so plain and obvious that she's like actually this is my worst nightmare i would rather be alone because this is what i'm running away from yeah this life that's already set for me away alone powerless because yeah she's married to a man therefore she is she belongs to him um so losing her power and freedom again yes so Um, i don't i actually don't think he's well suited at all i think that was the whole point i think i
1: meant like not even like before lord ledger i think i meant like before her husband like if that was like her initial marriage i think that would have been fine like for her she would have been content but in terms of where she is now like of course not and when he, the moment he said like oh yeah i'm gonna need heirs <laughs> she's like, <sighs> hell, no. She was like hell, hell no i'm no. not giving you more i already had four kids yeah he was still like a nice guy and i i hope he uh, finds love but is he
0: what i didn't like him he was not a nice he... did you see what he did to his sister is that the kind of man that you would wi- wish upon anyone? No, I agree. Okay, yeah. But I mean, in
1: terms of, like, the world that they lived in at that time, the time period. He was hot. That was all he had going for okay, him. Okay, fine. Maybe Seth. that's why I am a little bit.
0: Like, he, um... if he had any other face, we would not be so... True. Okay, fine. Yeah. You're right. But
1: is he... So you know how we got introduced to the prince in season one of Bridgerton? Yeah. Is that his father? <gasps>
0: Oh, you just blew my mind. Was he from Germany (laughs) or Austria or somewhere else? Let's see. Let's see the prince. Where is the prince from? He might have been uh, Prussia.
1: Prussia? Oh, right. So it's not him then.
0: Well, what is Prussia really? I don't don't even know what
1: the the fuck that is. What was the prince that Queen Charlotte was
0: referring to for Edwina? Mm. It wasn't the same prince or was it the same prince? It was the the same prince. It was. The question is, was that prince her nephew from George's side? But he didn't have any siblings. Does did he? His name was Prince Frederick. Oh yeah, of Prussia. Pr- Prussia? Prussia. Prussia. What what the hell is Prussia? Does that still exist? And I'm just dumb. What is? Let's is that I another think, word for Germany.
1: <laughs> this one sounds so
0: stupid, but oh, it is a German state so it is the state that he has because he's he's he rules over a state which probably is pressure because george doesn't have siblings we would have known and she's the only one with a sibling so it is his son oh my goodness (gasps) you just blew my fucking mind can they not
1: actually introduce this plot point and like we get more of the prince then because he's a direct
0: connection to the queen who the hell does he marry clearly a white woman of some kind yeah as a white person clearly um do we know her question mark i don't know i don't think how did i not make that connection until literally i mean i didn't make that connection you did like what i didn't even think about that character again wow i was just well curious i hope they revisit that plot point in the context of this series did you actually feel like they needed to go there with Lady Danbury at all? Um, What do you mean? For her to be with the prince? For, for her to have that other option on the side. Like, was that truly needed in order to just literally just have her be like, or go, actually, I don't want to ma- be married again. Like, I feel like she could have come to that conclusion on her own. Like, I kind of feel like it was filling time. Like, I didn't really s- see or care i
1: think um for this it was very much her fulfilling societal norm um because once you are a widow for x amount of time you are expected to remarry um so here was her like i guess undergoing what was normal in society at that time and realizing that it actually isn't for her she like pursued obviously like a situationship with lord ledger And Mm -hmm. um, that was out of societal norm. And then she has this prince that, I guess, on paper and on the surface is perfect for her. Um, She will be, like, a queen. She will be, like, rich. And, like, she won't have to worry about any of that. And this should be, like, a no-brainer for her. And society would determine that that would be a good match for her. But she had to come to that conclusion herself that she actually doesn't want to. And she wants to be apart from societal norm and like what's expected of a woman of her age and that's of that timeline um Mm. so i think it was important in that sense for her to come to that conclusion herself
0: yeah i guess i guess maybe it's just to show her bravery as a as a woman in this time period because like obviously he what he represents is security yeah exactly because she needs that at this point Things are still very shaky. She doesn't know if she'll inherit or not, if she'll right. manage to keep what she has or not. So he very much represents an out that's comfortable and secure, Um, but she does the brave thing and she follows her heart instead um, and trusts that she herself by herself will find a way and that she doesn't, she puts herself first, I guess, um, and her wants and her desires yeah. first as opposed to just the idea of needing to fall back onto the help of a man and the the money that that man has.
1: Yes. So this relates back to, obviously, like she's still feeling the pressure from Princess Augusta um, to share more information about Charlotte and George in exchange for her son to have a title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes to Princess Augusta at this point, and she has a mental breakdown. How do you feel about that?
0: Interesting. I was not expecting her to, to to ever see her cry. And
1: then also Princess Augusta's reaction to it, too. How did you feel? Right.
0: Princess Augusta is a very strange character. She it's is. It's like you don't know how to feel about her. I mean, obviously, you hate her for like 90% of the time. But there's that weird 10% where you understand her standpoint, her her point of view like it's very strange I mean she's a complex complicated woman and like I, I guess I appreciate that just to see women mm-hmm. like that as unlikable as they may be I, it's always nice to see that on screen to see women allowed to be that because you know we see it from men all the time right. we don't really blink at it but just you know interesting I, did, I, didn't, I didn't quite know how to feel but obviously this is one of those scenes where you you are meant to, to feel like you understand her a little bit more. Yeah. Um, for
1: sure, she's a product of her circumstance. Um, yeah. She talks about her husband dying, and she had to fall under um, the wing of his father, and he was not a very nice man, even to George. Um, and she talks about the abuse that she suffered, and also George. Um, and so I think, like, in that way, you kind of see, like, it's like a window opens... So we see a bit more of her um, and why she makes the decisions that she's made and why she's so, like, cold because she has yeah. to be. For her son. Yeah, exactly. Like, everything she does is is for f- her son. For him, yeah. And that she's been his protector until Charlotte yeah. comes into the picture. But I, I liked that we were able to see that side of Char- um, Princess Augusta. It didn't make me, like, empathize with her, really, but it made me understand a bit more as to why she is the way she is. But Augusta, not Augusta, what's her name? Lady Danbury. Agatha. <laughs> Agatha um, does what she um, does, and she decides to share information about Charlotte um, because she was there for the, their child's birth. So she shares
0: information with Princess Augusta sec- to secure her own son's yeah. line. Which again, we can't really blame her because she was literally being blackmailed five seconds ago. Exactly. And she had no money. Like she had no other options. Mm hmm. The, uh, well, George, he has to give a speech at Parliament because obviously he's been away from all social functions and his own um, responsibilities as king. Um, and so Parliament is talking, Parliament is angry, Parliament mm-hmm. is concerned about the well-being of the king, and so he has to show face. However, um, he is unable to do that. He makes his way to Parliament and then he uh, collapses in the, well, co- not collapse, well, kind of, he, has an he emotional does. meltdown yeah. in, in the carriage. He can't, he can't make it. He's, he's, he has a panic attack once again. And Reynolds, the forever protector, um, sends him back on his way, you know, protects his king. And so they have to come up with a different plan. No, but the, he basically, like, blows
1: up at Charlotte. And he's like, I told you he wasn't okay. Mm, like, true. He, like, obviously, like, that he puts... He's the king's advisor, so he puts the king first. And he's like, obviously, he catches himself and he apologizes. But at the same time, like, he knows the illusion that the queen's trying to live in. And he's like, no, he's not okay. So we need to come up with a better solution and then
0: they do. Which is a ball. So they're like, if you can't go to Parliament, then we'll bring Parliament to you. Um, so they have this ball. They have the ball,
1: but like when they decide that they're gonna bring Parliament to them. Um, mm-hmm. we have George hiding under the bed. Oh, we do. Yeah, true. And then he's hiding from the heavens under the bed and they have moments where um they're talking and he's basically telling her that, um, that he would not fault her if she decides to leave him because he's half a man and she deserves a whole, like more than he, he can give her. Um, but she tells him that together we are whole and, um, that's when, yes, they bring parliament to them and they decide to do that, but they become a unit.
0: And they stay a unit. Uh, and then while they have the ball, while well, the beginning of the ball, when they're announced, you know, once again, you see that he's very much struggling with it. Um, there's a moment where you think maybe he's gonna have another panic attack. But she has him focus on her being like, it's just you and me. It's just you and me. Nobody else is here. And they dance. They have their moment and uh, this is another strange moment from Princess Augusta where she goes to uh, Charlotte and she tells him, like, thank you for making him happy. Like, he's never been happier. Um, It's all thanks to you. Um, So, again, it it adds to the complexity of her as a woman, like, and as a mother, really. Um, Because at the end of the day, she only ever wanted her son to be okay. Okay. And she, I guess at this point, she understands that this is also what Charlotte wants. But this is also what George Charlotte's wants. main yeah. goal um, to make George safe and happy. So I think this is like a truce between them. They kind of like understand each other now. They're on the same foot. They, they, they have the same goal. Yeah. And we're so all over the place in this
1: episode. I apologize. But why? No, because this is like we talked about um, Lady Danbury and Adolphus, but it happened at this ball. Yeah, right. Well, Anyways, whatever.
0: They have a successful ball. They do. She's preggers again.
1: Again. But we also have a scene that ripped my soul out. And I never get it back. And I need therapy for it. So we have Brimsley and Reynolds um finding a quiet corner to dance. I will always love you. The Whitney Houston cover. Instrumental. Beautifully composed. Had me feeling all the emotions because they were dancing. But this um, comes directly after the Queen, present day. Queen asks Brimsley, did you ever, like, marry, did you ever fall in love or whatever? And he looks so sad and he's like, I've only ever been your, like, your advisor or something like that. I forgot what his exact words. But then we get the flashback of seeing him dance with Reynolds and then all of a sudden we see Reynolds fade away and Brimsley turns into his older self and he's dancing by himself with tears in his eyes and... I don't know if it implies that Reynolds is dead. Maybe they went separate ways. I don't know. But all I know is just really sad.
0: Yeah, we don't know. There's no explanation for it. I mean, my thought was he died. But yeah, now that what... you say that, it's true that they could have just parted ways. Maybe Reynolds found work elsewhere. I don't know. Maybe he was dismissed. I don't but know. But it was so sad. Oh. Sorry, I just hit my mic. But it was so sad. Yeah. And then he snaps at that servant. Yeah, like why are you imposing that on his, his memory? Dancing? Right. Yeah, that was sad. That was sad, but the follow-up scene was sadder. (laughs) Basically, the show ends um, with the queen, present day, going to see the king. Uh, he's scribbling on the walls, which is total uh, throwback to their first night together. After their first night yeah. together, when she wakes up and he's scribbling on the walls.
1: And this is also um, the first time we see an older King
0: George in this show. True, actually, yeah. We haven't seen him the whole show. And basically she comes with bearing good news because, uh, as we said earlier, like 50 minutes ago, um, <laughs> Victoria and Edward have produced... And offspring are are in the process that the offspring is in the oven baking <laughs> um and so she has that news for him that like we succeeded we made it like we'll have an heir, which I have questions about that but we can discuss that afterwards um and basically I feel like he doesn't quite understand like what's going on and then she's like come with me come under the bed farmer george like come with me and then she goes under the bed and he goes under the bed and they both look at the, look at each other and then she tells him like you know we made it we we have an air on the way like yeah. we're, we're fine and um he and then like what broke me was the back and forth between like present and past marge and i him was him saying thank you and then her saying like teary eye, like no thank you Ooh, that's the only moment. The whole thing, the whole the whole series. It's the only moment where I actually teared up. <laughs> really, I like this. Yeah, show had me. I shed tearing a tear. Up.
1: It was honestly so emotional, like you said, to see like the the flashback and like I think it kind of shows us like how they still see each other and like how I don't know, like her love and his love for like their love for each other basically paid off. But I think what was important here is that she tells him under the bed that your line lives on. And then he corrects her and says our line.
0: And it was like, it's always he he does before too. Yeah.
1: It's always him reminding her that it's us. Our we're together. Mm -hmm. She's very much George, your line, this and this for you. And we kind of like now, like you kind of see, like, as I said, like I talk about it again, like, her fight for her children to have children was so that mm-hmm. George can live on in some, like, some way. Like, that's how I felt. Like, she was fighting for George to live on in some way. And, like, she only ever wanted his love and to ensure he stayed, I guess, in power. Like, that, because that's
0: what her promise was to him. Yeah, That well, that was my question. Like, is it, was all of this her efforts to... Like, knowing that it's been difficult for him to do his duties as king and that, you know, he's been probably seen as a bit of a failure to most, that, like, her determination in in making this one thing happen was, like, her way of of making sure that, like, no, I will make sure that you will not be a failure as king, that you will sort of live on and that our, our offsprings will, like bear other offsprings and so on like like i was that how she was sort of going about it because like for the for the most part i would say like for for the entirety of, of of the season like i was like why is she so adamant to have this happen like i don't really get it but that last scene was like is that what she was going for that's how like i interpreted it um because
1: in that way it ensures that he wasn't a failure like you said like He was like, it was always, I'm saying like so many times, but it was cemented in his head since he was a little boy that he had to be king. And for him to be king, Mm -hmm. he needs to have heirs. And now his line continues on because his children has, they have children now. So I think it was very much her fighting for that for George. So
0: again, like she puts George above all else. Oh, also we didn't, sorry, I'm literally going back to like forever ago, but we didn't mention when the two, her two eldest uh, kids come to talk to her. We, we didn't talk about the the daughter that's like, you don't know how many babies I've lost. I but know. That was super sad. And, like, I wasn't sure about her reaction, Charlotte's reaction. Like, I wasn't sure how to read it because, like, obviously it's a very painful thing for that, for the daughter to say because, like, this is not talked about at all and this is grief and pain that she's been going through and here you have the mother sort of like why has nobody brought me or given me a
1: grandchild yet that mentality where like everyone's like oh you're married now when's the kid coming along like not recognizing how much of a struggle it is for a lot of people and how like how many obstacles they encounter um so like you said um charlotte's reaction to it I think was kind of no reaction
0: yeah which again kind of just like adds to the whole I don't know how I feel sometimes about her character I don't know I mean
1: again like there's no way you can say that Charlotte has had like easy pregnancies like I don't know what her other pregnancies were like so I mean there's no way that she couldn't empathize with her daughter but again it was very uh, a one-track mind like just give me a grandchild
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the those parents that are like, oh, I will live my dreams through my child. And then they impose a bunch of things onto that child that that child doesn't want. And that that child's own like wants and desires are not taken into consideration. Like it feels like that to me and yeah her reaction i just i don't know like it's kind of just like she only sees her kids as like a an opportunity almost you know what i mean like a a product of herself and her husband yes rather than people yeah (laughs) with emotions and lives. yeah it's an opportunity
1: for like we've already mentioned for george's line to live on like I I do like there was that scene where um Edward and Victoria – I think it was Edward and Victoria – where they mention that they're pregnant, right? And she hugs her son, and that looked like it was the first hug he's ever received from his mother. Right. He hesitated if he should hug her back or not. Yeah. He, yeah, you're right. So it kind of um goes back to your idea that, like, you know, her children are living her dream. So, like, now that they've, I guess, fulfilled – the dream that she's imposed on them, they get Mm. her love? Like, I I don't know. It's very, very strange. How I felt about that. It was just really... Again, it goes back to different
0: styles of mothering. Or not mothering. (laughs) Good, good mothers, bad mothers, absent mothers, distant mothers. <laughs> and it's not to say that All Charlotte's a bad mothers. person. That's not what I'm getting at. No, I no, 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 no. But d- 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 she can be a good person while being a bad mother, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that just... That, that happens you know and not everyone is born to be a mother
1: i hate i'm going back even further but i loved <laughs> so we had we didn't even talk about the birth of the baby but we had um george actually be a part of that birth and he went into the room despite the archbishop telling him you can't go into the room blah 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 blah. and then he uses his um his title and his power to be like i can do whatever i want so move out of my mm-hmm. way or else you are fired Um, And I love that moment where he was with Charlotte and, like, he helped her through that and he was her strength at that point. And, again, we kind of see, like, the the equality between them and, like, them being as equals and, like, she is there when he needs her but he's also there when she needed him the most. And I also love the scene with Princess Augusta where she's seeing the baby as he's holding her – him, sorry – holding the baby and then he just says he's perfect in the sense where, like – he the baby is fine and perfect no matter what happens or no matter how they come out or whatever like he probably never heard that himself either because he was always lacking in something that he needed to improve so i like that he had like that little scene seeing that his child is perfect for him
0: yeah but again we never see him as a, as a father later on yeah now we, we <laughs> never see it again so it just it it does feel to me like some stuff is missing from mm-hmm. this show for me like I understand why not everything is resolved. Not everything always needs to be resolved. And obviously this is a very um, special situation where it's like you have a happy ending, but you know that you know the story that comes after. So it's like, yes. you know, it's I understand that, but it does feel like there were quite a few things that just needed to be explained a bit more, resolved a bit more, just just yeah and i'm just curious to see if we'll be
1: revisiting any of it in like the f- i guess future episodes of bridgerton and maybe if we get another spin-off story because we also don't even know when the king starts calling her lottie like that's her nickname in present day but we don't know why he's never once called her lottie in the past um so i'm hoping like maybe we revisit it because this show's very popular so who knows maybe they might be like season two I don't know that
0: I would watch it, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. I would just rather have other stories. Or maybe they, their story could be like interwoven
1: with um, Lady Danbury's if they decide to revisit her, or young Violet
0: slash older Violet. I don't know. Out of all of this, like the only story that I would truly now be intrigued to pursue is Violet and Edmund. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I would prefer for them to go back to present timeline and, like, explore side stories in that timeline. And, like I said, the Smythe Smiths or the Rokesby, the Rokesby, Rokesby, Ruckusby. Ruckusby I don't <laughs> fucking know how to pronounce that name. Um. Or any of those stories.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what they do because I feel like they could do a lot. Like, they have many options. Like you said, like, they have many spin off ideas. Opportunities, I guess mm-hmm. we could say. What do
0: you think happened between Lady Danbury and the father? Do you think they continued to see each other, or was that very much the end of it?
1: I think that was very much the end of it because once he brings Violet, he kind of puts a wall between him and Lady Danbury, mm. and I think that's the end of it. I think he, that's his reminder that he has other responsibilities, that he can't be, he can't put himself first in this situation. What about you? Do you think it ended there or do you think it continued on?
0: I think it ended there. I think you're right. I think that scene with uh, him bringing his child was like a reminder of like, for a moment, we shared a different side of ourselves and we allowed ourselves to be a a different us together. But the truth is that I have this other life and I can't just ignore it or... Do yeah. anything that could jeopardize it, because like her reputation could, like his daughter's reputation could be in jeopardy if that was ever to be found out. So he can't do that. That is true. But do I, you think? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry.
1: No, I was just gonna say. But I wish that th- we felt the impact more. Yeah. I was rooting for them. I really was, but I just I feel like it wasn't developed enough. I think we talked oh, yeah, we obviously to talk about it earlier this episode,
0: but it wasn't developed enough for me to feel it i feel like i felt it more when they weren't together you know like those scenes where he sees her with the the queen's brother mm-hmm. like those moments of like longing looks Yeah, where you can tell that a lot is being said with just their eyes i felt those moments more
1: <laughs> i agree like just
0: like i felt the i felt the angst in those moments but i agree that like the build up to it was a bit rushed, and I wish they had spent more time on that, for sure. Sorry, you're going to say something. Yeah, my question is, uh, because I said in part one, like, one of the love interests in the main series is Lady Danbury's son, which I believe his name is Michael, but don't quote me on that. Um, It's, like, the the last book, and I, I kind of can't remember much of that book, to be honest. Do you think they're going to go for it, or no? Like, now that, that her sons have been kind of introduced even though like not really but kind of now we know she has them like do, could you ever foresee them actually going for it I mean I would hope so okay so
1: we have Dominic Cedric and Melissa and Lady Anne I don't see a Michael
0: is it like um maybe her grandson oh maybe it is her grandson would that make more sense age wise I think maybe so. it would Let's see. On the way to the wedding. No, wait. That's not that one. That's Gregory's book. Gareth St. Clair.
1: Mmm. I did see a St. Clair there. Hold on.
0: Am I like completely, like, messing things up in my own brain? I think you are because... I could have sworn he's, he's her son her, or her grandson. Okay.
1: No, no, no. So Lady Anne St. Clair... Um, so she probably marries a St. Clair, and that's her child because she's also dead.
0: Okay, so they have Garrett. So it's, a, it's, it's Lady Danbury's grandson that ends up with Hyacinth. So then that makes sense. Interesting. He's in a bind. His father, who detests him, is <gasps> determined to beggar the St. Clair estates and ruin his inheritance. And so... Um... He has the key to his future. Is in a letter, but the problem is it's written in Italian, of which Gareth does not speak a word. And so we meet our heroine. Uh, and Hyacinth is um friendlishly smart, devilishly outspoken, and according to Gareth, probably best in small doses. <laughs> uh, but she probably reads Italian. Um, and yeah, they meet at the Smite Smiths Music Hall. And, um, it's an (laughs) iskis. Here, I just summarized um, the entirety of that blurb. I would be down.
1: Um, I hope they follow through. I wonder, because I know we're confirmed for season three and four of Bridgerton, but we don't know post season four.
0: We also don't know who season four is about, because now they're throwing curveballs and making seasons about other people. It
1: better be about Benedict, or else I'm just so... I understand. Like, I saw today that Julia Quinn said in an interview, like, you kind of don't want their season to happen because then they kind of get pushed to the side, and then they're done. So, I'm like, I kind of see well, that's
0: that. That's okay. They're not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, um... For me, the one that I want is... Eloise, right? Uh, No. Oh. Um, well, yes. Of course. Yeah, I forgot Eloise existed for a second there. Eloise, for sure. And um oh my god francesca because francesca's his her guy is (laughs) hat he's he's michael that's michael sorry he's michael oh
1: okay okay so then i think maybe it might be francesca's well i cannot speak it might be francesca because they recasted her right and she's older now so she might be season four
0: which would make sense in the sense that like technically francesca's story is already happening as book books is it two and three or three and four are happening like it's kind of happening in the background but then when does benedict get his book i mean
1: his season i know we're sleeping on benedict here i honestly feel like he will be great you're like no but i'm ready for it I'm ready for it. I think- Is it terrible to say I'm never really into the artist? I'm never really into the artist either, but I just find there's something about the actor that I find charming. No, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor made me like Benedict. Yes. For sure. Not that I read the book. I'm He's totally charming. talking like I did read the book. I didn't. I but- didn't. I'm not a fan of the Cinderella-,
1: Cinderella thing. It depends on how it's retold, I think. But yeah, I think Benedict deserves season four, but I'm sure it's probably going to go to... Francesca, But Eloise, though. I want Eloise, too. Unless they hopefully get renewed for season five, six. I don't see Netflix going that far, but it's like it is one of their
0: biggest shows. They cancel things left and right, even though they're successful. So who knows anymore?
1: Yeah, I have no faith
0: with uh, Netflix. Um,
1: so that's Thoroughly enjoyed (laughs) Queen Charlotte of Bridgerton's story.
0: Marsh did not. (laughs) end of the show (laughs) no that's not true okay like i said um i have my criticisms about it uh there were parts that i didn't enjoy as much right but there were parts that i did enjoy and even though like i said i didn't feel throughout the season that i was very much connecting on an emotional level with it the fact that i did cry at the very last scene between the king and the queen Perhaps means that maybe I was kind of connecting and I just wasn't realizing that I was connecting or whatnot. I don't know. Or they did a very good job in that one scene to, like, pull me in right at the end. You know what I mean? So that's also possible. Anyways, it wasn't a waste of my time. Will I be watching it again? Probably not. Definitely not. Would I watch a sequel? Probably not. Would I be watching it again? Probably yes. Would I be watching a sequel if they come out with one? Probably Yes. And that's the beauty of it, right? Like, yeah, that's the beauty of this friendship. We we are very different sometimes, have very different opinions, and sometimes we have the exact same op- opinion, and that's
1: great. But that's the thing, though. I feel like as people, we all experience things differently and watch things differently and learn things differently. So I think, and read things differently, of course. Mm-hmm. So I think for this, this is, like, a prime example of where, like, we watched the same thing, but we saw
0: and took things differently like took in things a lot differently than each other also we always strive to offer like a nuanced discussion and hopefully that came through like even the even the the parts that i didn't like or the parts that i did like i just hope that it came across that like whether i like a show or not i respect it and i can find things of value in it and things to discuss in it to discuss in it Um, And so hopefully the discussion was still interesting. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, we went on for over two hours. So anyways, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, Again, please consider leaving us a review or rating or subscribing to our podcast. If you're new here, maybe this was the first time you've ever uh, clicked on one of our episodes. I will reiterate that we did the same thing for Bridgerton season two and one or one and two. (laughs) It makes more sense to say in that way. So we have deep dives for those as well um, on our page. We have a whole bunch of content. We do historical romance. We do monster romance, we do paranormal romance. Uh, We dabble in the rare uh, contemporary romance as well. Um, And also we um, have movies and shows. And other TV shows and other kinds of contents content as, content and as other well. And so, other languages.
1: I mean, languages. we watch content in other languages, but we speak oh, English. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, we <laughs> maybe burst out in Spanish once in a while. Sometimes <laughs> the alien kicks in too. <laughs> <Right>. That's true.
0: <laughs> um. So anyway, so 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 yeah. So if this is your first time, then feel free to go and and I apologize listen to some of our other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> don't go too far though like in the first episodes like please leave those alone forever they can rest in peace anywho enough is enough we've, we've definitely talked long enough yeah. so if you are looking for uh, us if you're looking to communicate something with us <laughs> send us a message or something um, you can find us on Instagram at Bromance the Monsters podcast as well as on Twitter at the RTMPod our TikTok is Romancing the monsters Pod. And if you would like to send us an email, um, that's romancing the monsters podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for me specifically, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at Pose and Lovers. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram
1: and Twitter at Pros with Loves.
0: And that's it. We'll see you soon, guys. Bye! Bye.